With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm okay. I feel like the international break has been driving us slightly insane, Josh, but uh, <laughs> not, not so insane that we're back to record another podcast this week, previewing game week 13. We had a long running order. We were talking about the UEFA Nations League, and we were talking about the U.S. men's team, and lots of other stuff. We actually recorded about 30 minutes of podcast that we've just totally scrapped. because Pretty much doing was... everything we could to not talk about <laughs> FPL. So let's get rid of that. Right, let's get right. down to brass tacks. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'm just coming out with my my slogan that I'm repurposing from M&M's, melts in your mouth, not in your hands, because it's the international break defined by two M's. Mendy and Martial mm-hmm. will be talking about both mm-hmm. of those guys and, and a number of other issues uh, circling around game week 13 and then leading into the festive fixtures. So but before we get into the meat of the podcast, we've got some housekeeping that we want to take care of. First up, it's our Patreon page. If you want to support the podcast, you just go to patreon.com slash always cheating. And Josh, we've been working hand in hand with our producer level supporters and we're putting together Mm -hmm. some exclusive podcasts. You want to talk quickly about the uh, exclusive podcast that we're going to start putting together uh, now just for our Patreon subscribers? Yeah. Anyone who's listened to the podcast the last couple of years knows that we do a little pledge month every December. Um, It's just like, hey, like if you've been thinking about supporting the podcast and maybe you just got like a Christmas bonus and $3 a month doesn't mean that much to you anymore, then hey, why don't you (laughs) support the pod? So we're (laughs) going to throw out a few, uh, (laughs) we're going to throw out a few uh, extra 
uh, a few extra Patreon-exclusive podcasts this month. We're going to do an Ask Us Anything podcast. We're going to record that next Monday night. Uh, and any patron, any pledge level can ask us any question about anything. That can be an FPL question. That can be a question about our personal lives. That can be a question about, uh, you know, Mike DiPietro is one of our producers suggested, you know, a ranking of the best uh, Detroit, like the best athletes in Detroit sports history. I could do a whole series of podcasts on that. I'll try to restrain myself. Uh, we're do. also going to do a dr- we're going to do an FPL draft podcast, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. We're working on lining up a guest for that. Uh, and we're also going to do a book club. You and I are both going to read. Um, it's inspired by Rafa Khan, another one of our producers. Um, and we're going to we're read a book called The Italian Job, uh, which is a comparison of English and Italian football cultures. Um, and uh, so we're going to read that book. We're both going to read it over the holidays. And we're going to do a podcast about it afterwards. So uh, if you want to join us, uh, then you can read that book as well. And uh, if you have any questions about it, we'll share a link on our um, on our um, you know, Facebook and Twitter and uh, and Slack and all that stuff. So um, we're just out here to prove that I can actually read. So uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, I need to I need to put the uh, the L and FPL stands for literacy. Isn't that right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it it should. Yeah, it very well should. Uh, so uh, let's. But Brandon, I want to get into the heart of the podcast. Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got Mendy. We've got. Marshall, we've got a lot more. Uh, we have a lot of long-term strategy questions that have come up. I think a lot of people sitting around the last couple of weeks have started to think about the holiday fixture, started to think about you know uh, team balance, people who still have a wild card or when you went best to play it. Uh, so we have a kind of like a long-term strategy section coming up. I cannot months. believe the festive uh, yeah. fixtures are starting up. I think the it's nine yeah. game weeks and five uh, calendar weeks coming up, which is insane. So great. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so great. Uh, but Brandon, before we get into that, can you please run off the top 10 in the Always Cheating Super League? We didn't get a chance to do it in the last week's podcast. Yeah. And because we are now the fourth toughest league in the world, uh, I think that uh, these 10 managers deserve uh, some extra credit. Yeah, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. Pat yourselves on the back just for competing in the Super League. Go to the FPL homepage and we're now the fourth toughest league in the world just below Patrick Van Anhalt's League of Doing Bits. So yeah, starting at number 10, it's... Christian Jwereb, uh, Gilda Faber FC. Man, we're gonna get we're gonna have some hard names this week. I can already tell. <laughs> Ninth place, it's Arl Ravadron. Eighth place, Matt Frisky. Seventh place, Eric Neuhauser. Uh, sixth place, Luke Mitch Whaley. Fifth place, Fabio Borges. We By the way, Fabio Borges, back in the top 10. This guy is like three years in a row he's been in the top 10. Total Fabio legend. Fabio Borges must be one of, one of the most underrated great managers <laughs> yeah. in FPL. It's unbelievable. The fact that Fabio doesn't have a hashtag FPL Twitter account is just – it it blows my <laughs> mind. He is the only good FPL manager <laughs> who has not started a series of YouTube videos. I'm very <laughs> impressed with Fabio. All right, well, well done, Fabio. In fourth place, it's uh, it's – Miroslav Pujic, third place, Konstantinos Orfenidi. I do apologize, Con- Con- Konstantinos. <laughs> Did you sneeze in the middle of that? Oh, man. <laughs> Greek, is, Greek is a tough one for me. I, I, I hope you're Greek, Konstantinos. In second place, Jason Mann and holding firm in first place, it's Guy Guy, Wijnaldum Leviosala with a uh, grand total of 896 points. So just looking at the uh, top 10 here, Overall in the world, Guy Guy is ranked number seven, Jason Mann, number 14 overall, and Konstantinos, number 20. So our top three managers are ranked 
uh, all in the top 20 overall in the world. Well done. It's never too late to join the Super League. Just go to our website, alwayscheating.com, and click the League tab. Uh, Quick Patreon thank yous, Brandon. We have two new Lord Sorloth patrons. Marvin Andre. Thank you, Marvin. Miles Jatane. Thank you, Miles. New Embakani patron, Jeff Holt. Thank you to Jeff. Excellent. And it is the international break, so I will just throw in my own rant of the week. Uh, please stop calling it IB because it just reminds me of irritable irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my mini rant is for the U.S. men's team to finally get a head coach. Like, come on. <laughs> is that a rant or is that just common sense? <laughs> That's just common sense. All right. We would normally take a break, Brandon, but let's just get right into the podcast itself. All right? Yeah. Part one. Is I'm calling this section Mendy and your third midfielder. Uh, these <laughs> seems to be uh, the the two big questions going into uh, this game week uh, is what to do with Mendy. You know, his ownership overall maybe not insanely high. His ownership within the sort of active FPL community mm-hmm. uh, extremely high. Yeah. And uh, you know, even if and even if you even if you don't have Mendy, I think this discussion is still interesting because. Uh, you know, we sort of it's it's worth just looking at some of the um, you know key defenders that you might want over the next you know six to six to eight game weeks. Yep. Um, and then the third midfielder question is, I think, one that we're all a lot of us are dealing with whether um, you know whether we're dropping Madison, uh, whether we're you know um, I don't know, like it's sort of deciding between Richarlison and Anthony Marshall. And so I, Adam Hopcraft had a question for us. I actually think it sets the table for this discussion really well. Um, just says Anthony Marshall, good option or overperformer. Um, and then uh, it says thoughts on many replacements. Are we best to go for Laporte or downgrade to free up cash to fund the likes of Marshall Kane, et cetera? I like that Kane. That Kane show. I know. And, and you see that goal, Brandon, that second goal yesterday was pretty proper good. Kane goal right there. It just it's it was. it's just fuel to the well, is it fuel to the fire? I don't I think people are just still trying to set this cane fire still uh, for mm-hmm. FPL. Yep. And there's this. I, yeah, they're still rubbing the sticks together. It's not <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they do go hand in hand. I am perplexed by the question of I am not a Mendy owner. So I kind of lucked out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yep. I, I do find it very interesting. The idea of do you downgrade? Because what do you do with that money? There is there aren't a lot of. um mid like uh upper mid price premium assets where you'd need to clear up a million dollars just to get your hands on so um yeah i think it's really kind of team dependent but let's focus on anthony martial who is the guy that i brought in right at the start of the international break i stuck it out wow. with the tease revealed the tease wow. is revealed amazing he is yeah. mine and yeah. i am his anthony martial <laughs> uh J- i hung on to james madison uh even though he was out injured because um i decided to move mitro on instead for jimenez so I was going to lose yet more value on Madison as Marcial was going up. I just decided to make that move real quick just to capitalize on on the team value there. Mm-hmm. So I'm in on Marcial. The the question now is how how international breaky is this groin injury? Probably very. I expect he'll be back in game week 13. And then the larger question, which uh, Adam tees up, is he overperforming or what? You fired up a lot of stats just to get the conversation going, Josh, of mid of I don't know if we're calling these mid price midfielders. They're basically just midfielders that aren't Salah Hazard and, and Sterling. <laughs> right. They're under ten million. Yeah, but Martial compared to his cohorts, he really 
it doesn't look like he does a whole lot stats wise other yeah. than just yeah. score goals. So here, right. it, uh, let me let me get let me get you in on this, Josh. Is it a philosophical mm-hmm. question of this guy is just red hot? He's scoring goals for fun in FPL, um, despite what the, the stats say. Despite what historically we know about Jose Mourinho, Manchester United, and maybe Martial too. Um, right. I don't know how how bullish are you on this guy right now. I don't know what we know about Martial in some ways, right? I mean, I know that um, he's an unbelievably talented player who um, still extremely young, uh, had a very difficult second season with the club. Um, I, it's kind of amazing, actually, that his that he's it's actually his fourth season with the club. I thought he was in his third season. That's kind of remarkable. Yeah, um, you know, has not really taken flight until the last five game weeks. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that coincided with a with uh Lukaku being out too I mean I think that that's that's a big factor um you know Lukaku has a tendency to kind of suck all the oxygen Mm -hmm. out of that team um you know when he's when he's in good form it's great and he does seem to be passing the ball a little bit better this year which I think is um you know has certainly helped the rest of his teammates um you know it doesn't feel like the attack is quite as built around Lukaku as it used to be it feels like it's maybe a little built built a little more around Pogba this season yeah definitely Um, so I do think his stance, it's like a little, you have to take some of his stats with a grain of salt, right? He didn't play in three of the first four matches the season. He only played in 59 minutes, 19 minutes, 27 minutes, and uh, the other three. It really wasn't until game week seven that he started to get significant minutes. So, I mean, you know, because of that, you know, we're really talking about six starts. And he has, you know, six goals and six starts. Of course, he's, you know, he's way outperforming his expected goals, you know, given just the number of goals he's scoring in those few minutes. Um I do think that he looks like he's he looks like he's a confident player. He just looks like he's playing at his best for maybe the first time since he joined the club. Yeah. You know, um, you know, back back during um God, who was that manager? What was the name of the manager before uh, Mourinho? Louis Van Dutch Vanal. manager. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he had that great start under Van All and then um, you know, kind of just didn't work under Mourinho. Yep. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my concern now is actually that when Lukaku is back, if he is back, it looks like he's injured again. Um, does he sort of suck all the oxygen out again? Or does Mar- can Marshall still shine, you know, together with Lukaku? The things that jump out to me, you, we've got stats here for about 17 different midfielders from Fraser and the the various Silvas who play for Manchester City, Mahrez, Sherla, Felipe Anderson, Pogba, Ozil. And so on. Yep. Martial has the worst baseline bonus out of anyone save Richarlison, uh, strangely. Right. Um, right. That's a red flag. He has only one successful cross. So in terms of bringing his teammates into play, it's kind of questionable. You're going to Martial for one thing and one thing only. It's to get goals. And he's giving them to you. So How can he have one successful cross? <laughs> How is that even possible? That seems so low. Yeah, I guess it's just not a thing that he does when he gets the ball. That's not his his brief when he gets on the pitch. He's sure uh, he, you don't expect wingers to cross the ball. That's not a thing that they do, right? <laughs> I assume you're being <laughs> facetious there. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, it's a it's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So it 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 becomes a. I mean, where do you stand on the uh, just? Going for a full-on form player, even though we have some historical data yeah. which might scare well, you off. Just in a weird by some by some weird coincidence, you and I both went on very public forums and advocating for Anthony Marshall this week. Uh-huh. Uh, I was on the Fantasy Premier League website advocating for him, and you were on Fantasy Football Scout. So 
I do feel like we've got to like, you know, I don't want to like back away from uh, anything I said there. I, I, I just, I mean, with him, it's, it's gotta be a bit of a feeling, you know, yeah. and if you're not a manager who's comfortable transferring a player in on, on feeling yeah. or form, maybe not form so much because form is form can be backed up a little bit with, with, with stats, but um, it just feels like he is a player. He just feels like a different player than he was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what you expect. I mean, like, do I expect him to continue to get a goal or two every single match? Like, no, I don't. And I don't think you need that from a 7.5 million midfielder. That's not what you should expect. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that at that, you know, at 7.5 million, you're hoping for what, a, you know, you're hoping for attacker returns every other match, I would say is like kind of roughly what you would hope for, for a player at yeah. that level. You know, maybe for maybe for a fourth midfielder, it's like every third match yeah. is what you're looking for. I mean, the guy that stands out heads and tails above everyone in the stats table is Ryan Fraser. Uh, his great baseline po- bonus, uh, he's taken four, 40 corners this season. But uh, yep. big chances created, 13 for Ryan Fraser. Next below him, yep. it's David Silva with seven. So you think of Silva yeah. as the little magician, and he's, and he's in this free-flowing attack for Man City. But there's Ryan Fraser almost doubling the number of big chances created. I think if you're looking to move, still move out a midfielder in the mid-price range, yeah. Ryan Fraser remains the best value in the entire game. Yeah, like I know some people got stuck with Kanakart, you know, when he looked like he was in form or uh, I don't know, even like uh, Conte, like, you know, like, I don't know. It's like I, I know like some people like kind of roll their eyes, but you look at a lot of these teams out there and a lot of people like had other problems to deal with or whatever. And they're kind of stuck with some weird five to six million midfielder. You know, that's not uncommon at all. Um, and uh, Brandon, I'm, I'm out there. I'm pounding the pavement. I'm talking to managers. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in on sessions, uh-huh. you know, Uh and I just think that, yeah, it's like Frazier is the answer. Like, it's like we all got like a little bored with him or like it's he's not like, you know, he was really excited the first few weeks. Yeah. And because his fixtures are not so hot coming up, I think we've all sort of forgotten what incredible value he represents. Right. Yeah. I mean, 6.2 million. He's got six assists, three goals in the season. Like you said, almost double as many big chances created as the next player in this in this under nine, five million bracket that we put together. He's on corners, which just creates a number of chances for him to to just pick up some easy points, you know, like he did in the Newcastle match. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he's right up there in terms of, uh, you know, shots and shots on target too. So, um, you know, I think the other player that, that really, if you could afford him is, um, is David Silva. Um, I think that, um, I'm leaning more and more towards trying to eventually fund a, I guess it's going to be like a Kennedy to Silva move, uh, which I think I can actually do in three moves. Um, it kind of depends on who I move Mendy for this yeah. week, but it would be, it'd be Mendy. And then I would hold my transfer in game week 14. And then I would downgrade Murata to some 5 million player and then, or five to 6 million player. Mm-hmm. And then I would, yeah, I'd have about 4 million then. And then I could upgrade to, um, to Silva. So I'm trying to think of the, dra- the, the Dragon yeah. Ball Z reference that would be appropriate for Kennedy going so super Saiyan that he becomes David Silva. Yeah, I guess he'd have to be like fighting Cell or like one of the like big, obviously. you know, maybe maybe Boo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple questions here, Brandon. Nav555 on the Slack says, is it just me? Or are there very few eight and nine million pound players to be interested in? Why is that? Yeah, it's 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 a good question, and we're I mean, just talking about David Silva. Yeah. I think 
Uh, I've got an answer for you. I'm sorry? Spurs. I said I've got an answer for oh, you, yeah. which is Spurs. Spurs, okay. They're, it's like they're not even in this, like, they're just not, they're nowhere right now. I mean, it was because, because you know, Delhi and Erickson have basically been off the, you know, off the grid for the last several weeks. Yes. I mean, those were your, those are your go-to nine million-ish players. And, you know, you combine them with um, the sort of fear that we all have about having a Man City player only like no one wants to transfer a player and not know if they're going to play that upcoming game week. It's right? not fun. No. And if you, and if you transfer in a Man City player, including Raheem Sterling, there is always a chance that they are not going to play that upcoming game. Right. Week. Like Pochettino and is building, people off. Pochettino is building the ultimate FPL team and Spurs and that he's like, if we don't buy any new players, then I will alleviate FPL managers fear of rotation. Therefore, making right. Deli Ali yeah. and Erickson that much more <laughs> enticing. I do wonder, though, if yeah. we're also in this, um, there, like, peaks and valleys in, in terms of eight to nine million pound players. Like, you have to be, I feel like you have to have a certain track record to be priced that way yeah. in the game. Right? Salah last season came in at 9.5, I think it was. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And he overperformed there. Um. You have these players that are eight or nine million that are at huge teams like Manchester City. So you've got Mares and, and Sané and the Silvas, but they're getting outshone in an FPL sense by Aguero and Sterling. Where you where where else you might see eight to nine million pound midfielders would be guys like Gilfie Sigurdsson, and he's kind of it's kind right. of gone the other way where he's being outshone by Richarlison, who's cheaper. So, it, yes, it does yeah. seem like a weird season in which the teams that have those priced midfielders, uh, they're inessential because they're premium players performing better or value players performing better. I will say, looking at Gilfie's stats, um, like when you sort of compare him to a lot of other players, he's probably slightly underrated as an FPL asset. I don't feel like there's a ton of excitement about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's all really built around with Charleston and, 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 you know, Martial right now, but I mean, two assists, five goals on the season, um, you know, takes corners. He, you know, is tops for successful crosses. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like, he's, he's got like a lot going for him. He's taken a ton of shots in the season, um, 29 shots, 10 of them on target on the season, ton of touches in the final third. Um, I don't know. I, only 7.5 million. I mean, I actually wonder if he might be slightly better value than, than Martial. It's an interesting question. You do see him kind of taking on this Pogba midfield, um, uh, marauder role at Everton. And yeah. if Everton are able Some to, pens. Yeah, there's there's a lot to love there. We all love Gilfie. Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about another midfielder we mentioned briefly. Sane, who scored two and two for Ger- uh, Germany over the international break. Barry Johnson writes in: Given how important a strong bench has been over the last few game weeks, would you say putting Sane in as a differential is just asking for trouble or worth the risk? So there there is a bandwagon yeah. building much steam for Sane right now. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's possibly justified. I, I was surprised by just how many FPL returns he had. Like, I think he has he's has, he has attacking returns in six out of twelve matches on the season so far, and that's even with a couple matches that he just didn't play at all. Um, you know, his minutes. Jeremiah Johnson pointed on Twitter that in the three matches that Mendy missed, um, I think was I think those were game week, um, fixtures five, six, and seven that he uh, averaged 70 minutes, 90 minutes, and 90 minutes in those three matches. So there, there used to be this feeling, at least you know, last season, 
that Mendy and uh, and Sané couldn't play together. Um, and, you know, that was I, mean, I think Pep actually kind of went out and said said as much um, or maybe it was just assumed. I, I can't remember anymore. Yeah, kind of kind uh, of at the, at, the, been, at the start of this season, yeah. I think when everyone was picking Sané right. as an interesting differential and he just didn't play. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but they, they did ultimately play together a, a bit when Mendy returned. Um, and so I, I think that he's an interesting option. I mean, the only thing that's frustrating about him is he's, you know, 9.2 million, which uh, is a lot of money for, um, I, I just, I think I would prefer David Silva at 0.6 million cheaper. Yeah. I know? just a little, I agree. I just trust him a little bit more. I agree. It's a harder question. Uh, I think it's a harder question than that to answer because there is a, another school of FPL thought of, do you just target the best players, the best FPL assets in any given team? Maybe we would, maybe we wouldn't agree that Aguero and Raheem Sterling are far and away the best attacking assets on Man City. Are right. you getting into a discussion of coverage when you're you're looking at David Silva and Leroy Sané there? And are you just cheating yourself? Are you just chasing when you should be figuring out instead how to get Raheem Sterling into your side? Maybe. I think there's as much risk with Sterling, though. I mean, I, I do think that Sterling is, is more explosive, um, probably playing a little more like an actual forward in that team. So, yeah. um, But if you can't get there, it's a big jump, right? We're talking about, what, like 2.5 million jump from Silva to Sterling. It's not a, yeah. it's not nothing. And so, I mean, there is a little bit of risk with, with rotation with Silva, but, you know, there's also, you know, a strong chance of, you know, a double-digit return from him as well. Um, and if you get double-digit, I mean, I'm just like totally like wildly throwing numbers out now but like you know if you get double digit <laughs> returns in uh or even just like you know nine and seven i mean david, david silva is like the king of the excellent not double digit return right he has been like yeah. since he joined uh -huh. the league back in you know 2000 an imperious eight pointer <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but like a tech like you know like with precision you know, like eight pointers like yeah. two out of every three game weeks uh and you can see that now i mean the season he's got a nine pointer nine pointer seven pointer nine pointer um, you know, 11 pointer they threw in there as well. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, and he's only missed, uh, you know, one, two, he's missed only two starts on the season. You know, one of those was uh, game week one when he was still coming back from the world cup. Um, you know, he's, he's a little bit like Aguero where his minutes are being managed, but they're being managed in a way that basically has kept him out of the champions league, you know, but it hasn't really kept mm -hmm. him out of the premier league so much. So, you know, I mean, he's obviously a little bit of a risk around the holidays, um, you know, as are all Ben City midfielders. I mean, they're going to play. But that's, that's true of so many of these top teams. So we're going to get to this when we talk about Mendy. But I feel like because we're on midfield, we need to address this now. Given all the rotation, is would you consider getting rid of all Man City defensive assets, whether you're on Ederson, Mendy, Laporte, and mm -hmm. going sane plus silva or sane plus sterling or silva plus sterling plus aguero up front so three city attackers yeah and then there is a um there is this feeling that when there is the the vicious cycle of rotation most pronounced during the festive fixtures that at least you're going to get one or two of these guys and yeah. in some gangbuster fixture i might consider if i was on a wild card um i think without a wild card i just don't it feels like it would take too many moves. I don't like kind of ignore too many other problems to, to make that happen. Yeah. So right. um, I, I like the idea in theory, though. All right. Two short questions. One from Dave from Burnley. 
uh, our long, long-time uh, friend Dave from Burnley says, is Marshall a second-season Mishu or a title-winning Mares? Oh, we had some great times with Mishu, and Mar- Martial <laughs> smacks of Mishu, reeks the, of Mishu. There's no, there's no Mares about it. For first-season Mishu, not second-season Mishu. That's true. So, there, yeah. <laughs> Mishu gave us one great season. I'm trying to think of... Uh, What's a band? Is Misha like the Counting Crows of uh, FPL in which he gave us one great album? <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. if there are any August and everything after uh, uh, fans yeah. out there like me. But Yeah. No, he was he was Einstein on the beach for one one great season. Uh, Mo- <laughs> Monster go. Mash says uh, two assists for Shakiri last night. Um, Liverpool looked better without him uh, with him. Uh, could he be a bargain at seven million soon? I think it's an inevitability that Shakiri becomes a staple of that midfield. So, but I don't think it's it's time heading into game week thirteen to jump on Shakiri. Uh, and at seven million, I think you can you can uh, be a little more nimble to get on him when the time is right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the time is coming. Yeah, yeah. We talked about him a lot on last week's podcast. So I, I I guess I agree. Although to be totally honest, I, he's still not like a player. I I want in my squad. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't like that rotation risk. I guess there's a little bit of the Lalana about him. I mean, remember when basically every Liverpool attacker was viable, and Lalana was a bit bargain. And you were just, yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, just selling yourself a little short. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're going to get the big returns like you could with uh, with with the Man City midfielder. You know, that make them kind of a little bit more worth the risk. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's move on to to Benjamin Mendy. The other big question uh, that everyone is seemingly everyone is talking about. Uh, so, Brandon, I I have Mendy. I have to solve a Mendy problem. Um, I actually don't know what I'm going to do yet. Uh, I am still um, considering a lot of different options. So we we pulled a stat okay. chart for them as well. This is this is very stat based for us, right? We don't normally uh, normally we go on uh, feel a little bit more like that. We're like the pinball wizard, you know we. We play by intuition. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, you know, just looking over these stats, uh, one thing that really stood out for me, so I pulled a few, like we just pulled a, uh, just a list of, of, you know, a bunch of different stats certain players, big chances created, shots on target. Uh, pass, I, I was very, like, attack-minded with the stats that I pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, assists, uh, baseline BPS, chances created, um, uh, successful clearances and crosses, right? So Lucas Dean is shining in so many of these categories. I really was surprised by just how dominant he is in some of these. I mean, not dominant, but just like he's like he's top. He's w- one of the top five in so many of these categories. Uh, you know, he yeah. only has one assist on the season, but um, second most. He's tied with uh, with Hector Bellerin for um, for big chances created. Um, has you know, three shots on target. Um, he's you know eleven right shots. For, the fact that he's taken eleven shots is right. astounding to me. I haven't watched yeah. a handful of Everton matches this season, like uh, um, full full ninety minutes of their matches. I can't think of a. I don't have a single memory of a Lucas Dean shot, <laughs> but eleven of them here in the table. I see. Yeah, he's not historically a huge goal scorer, which I think is what threw me off a little bit at first. Uh, a class player, but maybe not like a, a huge, you know, attacking player. But um, he's kind of the the like anti Anthony Martial brand. He's got twenty two successful crosses. Uh, yeah, yeah Mar- Martial also like train with him in the off season and, and work on. <laughs> <He should. laughs> well, they're both French, so uh, that that could work. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chances, he has the most chances created out of any of these uh, defenders. You look at Andy Robertson, 15 chances created on the season and uh, 20 created for Lucas Dean. So it's really impressive. I just have questions about that Everton defense as a whole. Yep. Uh, and the fixtures are a little sketch in the festive fixtures in the next, let's see, in the next seven, three of them are City, Spurs, and Liverpool. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know if you're looking to Lucas Dean and Lucas Dean to get you um, returns every single week. Right. He's kind of a short, he'd be more of a short-term buy, I think. It's not that I want Dean for the festive fixtures, but, you know, I, I, if just looking at just three of the next four, they're home to Cardiff, Newcastle, and Watford in three of the next four. They do have a Liverpool mm-hmm. fixture next game week, but if you can look beyond that, it's a very nice run in three of the next four. So, you know, I do think that um, if you can if you can bench him in game week fourteen, then you have three great opportunities to pick up a clean sheet, uh, and maybe you get some attacking returns as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really like pushing hard for Lucas Dean all of a sudden, Brennan. Uh, what about Hector Bayerin? Are we like are we just sleeping on Hector Bayerin? He's he's kind of a divisive player in FPL. I feel like. Uh, yeah, he's got a weird look happening this season with like the hiked up <laughs> shorts and the long yeah. hair. It's like the longer yeah. his hair gets, the higher his shorts go. Yep. Um, yep. it's, it's an interesting effect. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal, they have tricky fixtures through game week 15 with Bournemouth Spurs and Manchester United. And I think the clean sheet prospects are pretty dicey. I mean, the clean sheet mm-hmm. prospects are dicey for Arsenal, just full stop. Right. But at game week 16, right as we're getting into the heart of December and 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 Boxing Day coming up, the fixtures turn really nice for Arsenal. Huddersfield at right. home, Southampton, Burnley, Brighton. So um, I think stick a pin in Bayern and the Arsenal defense. Maybe Bird Leno if you're looking to make a, a goalkeeper swap at yeah. any point. So uh, not not quite yet for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bournemouth away, Spurs at home, Man United away in the next three. Uh, not a great run. Um, the obvious candidate here is is Amarek Laporte. Uh, did not is st- still. I I don't know if he's been was not called up for France uh, for the November games. I don't know if he's been called up for them at all. Uh, but he's Hello? he's really he's he's like kind of the like if if you if you want to just be smart and not overthink it, just bring in Laporte. Right, he's played every single match so far this season. Um, they've got a pretty decent run in the next three. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, they play West Ham away. It could be a tricky fixture. Um, you know, but then they have Bournemouth at home, they play Watford. Um, I mean, with, I think with Man City is they're, they're kind of fixture proof, um, including their defense. I mean, obviously like the, we have the Ederson situation the last couple of game weeks, but if you can get past, <laughs> you can get past those silly penalties that he conceded. There was they were just dominating those games. There was really no yeah. chance for for the other team to score any goals in open play. So yeah. you know, I think that if you want to just be smart about it, I don't really like the idea of picking up a replacement fullback. I mean, Fabian Delph um, is probably going to end up rotating with Danilo a little bit. It just it just feels like Zinchenko could play in that Zinchenko position as well. as well. Exactly. So I wouldn't go that way. I mean, I, I guess I would consider Kyle Walker um, if you if you had the money. Um, yeah. But I feel like Lucas Dean is is just kind of the the safe bet there. Yeah, the the only other two guys I would shout out would be Trent Alexander Arnold, who I think was kind of the odd man out for the early part of the season with Andy mm-hmm. Robertson 
he's still priced at 5.0 and it looks like he's overcome some rotation issues and he's had a great international break for England. I, I still like him and I think that's value at 5.0. And then David Louise, I, I think 5.6, this is all very team dependent. If right. 5.6 is, is uh, nothing for you, I think that's an interesting double up with mm-hmm. Alonzo. And yeah. David Louise is a bonus magnet. He's got very good stats. He's taken uh, quite a few shots, 12 shots. It's the same number of shots that Pacey winger Hector Bellerin has had all season. Yeah. Uh, what so, about what about Luke Shaw? Would you is that just too cheeky? Like is that just like too like Man United have not their defense has not looked good the last few game weeks, but you know, he's definitely, you know, shown the potential for some attacking returns this season. Uh, they play Crystal Palace in game week 13. I mean, I haven't looked at the bookies odds yet, but they probably have, you know, one of the, you know, two or three best odds for a clean sheet this weekend. Um, they play Southampton in game week 14, and then they play uh, Fulham at home in game week 16. So, uh, you know, three very solid fixtures in their next four. They play Arsenal at home too, which, you know, like they could keep a clean sheet in that one as well. Um, I guess I'm sort of counting down a different Man United than we've seen so far this season, though. You know, like it yeah. would be like a real fixtures over form uh, decision there. Um, but I, I suppose with Shaw, you, you get some attack and returns, too. That Luke Shaw pick is so cheeky that it is even cheekier than Luke Shaw's fat face cheeks. <laughs> wow. That was so mean. <laughs> hey, I want in on the Luke Shaw is fat joke, so uh, <laughs> d- don't leave me out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, what, anyone else who are, I mean, you know, I, I, Seamus Coleman is kind of like a more expensive, slightly more attacking Dean. Um, I guess he's kind of a possibility. Yeah, you, you, I don't, I don't think you can justify Coleman over Dean given the price and, uh, how uncertain the Everton defense is. I would right. go, uh, Kino over Coleman if you're looking to get into the Everton defense. 4.9. Right. Yeah. And sure, always sure. a threat on... It, it, we're 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 sort of ev- the we're reaching. I don't, know, I don't know what the math science metaphor is here, but <laughs> we're we're reverting to the mean. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So where we started off, it was the season of the fullback, and I do think some central defenders like David Louise are starting to and and Laporte are starting to say, hey. Central defenders, we can score, we can attract bonus points. So I feel like we don't want to shortchange them uh, at this point, particularly coming into a rotation-heavy yeah. part of the season. Then you, the central defenders who are less rotation-prone become a little more valuable. It's so a, fair, it's a fair point. Um, what about, I mean, so Wolves, we know that now that Johnny is out for like up to six weeks, um, does that, you know, cause I was considering a, I was honestly considering a Wolves triple up, uh, in their defense. And I guess there's a little bit, I, I still think that, that Matt D is going to end up being okay. Um, you know, we haven't even really talked about, about, about Matt, uh, Doherty, uh, Doherty. because, uh, you know, he's, he's really, he's very highly owned on the, uh, on the FPL community already, but, um, you know, if you don't have him, um, I guess you've got to wait a couple more days, wait for the press conference, make sure that he's OK. You know, he didn't play in the internationals because of his his, you know, broken face. But uh, yeah, I think he'll be fine for this weekend. Just I do, too. Being, yeah. being not a doctor. Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, so is there any concern about you know, not having Johnny? Does that make you um, a little more worried about the Wolves, the Wolves defense? 
Uh, would you consider, you know, still taking a punt on someone like Bennett? You know, is still available for I think four point one million. Yeah, I think Wolves' defense is is still good value. Doherty is uh, probably the best value defender in the game, and if I think above anyone else, even above Lucas Dina, who's at four point eight, Doherty now at four point nine, that's yep. an easy move from Mendy to Doherty if you don't already have him, because yeah. Doherty is a season keeper. That's a move that you can make with confidence. Bring him in, even if. And I, 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 I'll buy lunch for uh, for you, Josh. If Doherty doesn't start in game week thirteen, I'll say it right here. On the <laughs> wow. Podcast. Okay. That's the, which lunch? The lunch we're planning at the grill. That'd be amazing. No, that's a no. Very it's lunch. A, um, a one taco lunch. That's what I'm okay. willing to buy you. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> and right, a water. So and a water. Final final two uh, defender options. Um, and I guess at this point we're just sort of talking broadly about interesting defenders who are short term options. Uh, they actually play each other this weekend. Uh, Burnley and Newcastle. Uh, I know you're a big Ben Me fan. You've had him in your team already this season. And uh, Newcastle, Palace, and Brighton in three of the next four, very solid. Uh, if you feel like you have the stomach to trust Burnley's defense, which last year was like great, right? You could double up on that Burnley defense. Yeah. But, so you know, welcome to the year. Welcome to the year 2018, uh, <laughs> November 2018. It is not last season, my friend. Burnley's mm-hmm. defense and their whole team is a joke apart from Joe Hart, who's actually having – uh, like a great comeback season. Yep. I do not see this happening. Uh, I mean, interesting to talk about, I guess, where we have to podcast every week. So we should talk about teams <laughs> that aren't Wolves or Man City. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what no, about, I do not okay. endorse this move. Ben Mee okay. blew up my defense for for two weeks and I did yeah. not appreciate it. Did just keep a clean sheet away to Leicester, but I, I hear you. Uh, how about DeAndre Edlin? The, the it's American. easy to keep a clean sheet, Joshua, when your entire offense, as you astutely pointed out, goes through Mark Albrighton. <laughs> yeah, so don't tell me about <laughs> keeping a clean sheet against Leicester City. All right. Um, how about okay? Sorry, how about a more interesting option? You got me all heated up here. I, I can tell. Uh, a more interesting option. Uh, what about DeAndre Yedlin? Uh, yes, four, pro four DeAndre Yedlin. 4.5 million. Uh, look at this the run of fixtures over the right through game week 18, actually, are spectacular, right? Burnley, West Ham, Everton, Wolves, uh, Huddersfield, Fulham. Um, probably pretty safe. I mean, Benitez, you know, used to used to be known for for rotating his his fullbacks. I, I don't think he's done it as much at Newcastle. Probably doesn't really have the squad depth to do it. Uh, but uh, Yedlin has played uh, every match but one so far this season, has a goal and an assist. Um, has picked up, uh, you know, at one bonus point. You know, you got to love that one bonus point. Um, I don't know. I mean, LaSalle's would be interesting too, but he's got a shoulder injury right now. So um, I would actually like him a little bit more because it's kind of like we were talking about, you know, if you're going to bring in a player from Newcastle, it's kind of nice just to like, just to have him as a set and forget, you know, and like mm-hmm. a center back's just going to play like every single match, um, yeah. you know, including through the holidays in many cases. So yeah. Um, yeah, so Lascelles would be interesting if he comes back with the with the full bill of health. He's only point three more than Yedlin. I think Yedlin is the pick here because um, Newcastle have not been great this season. I mean, they're mm-hmm. coming into some form. If they are going to keep a clean sheet, great. But Yedlin does offer that attacking potential to trot out the FPL cliche. Uh, I like a Yedlin pick over doubling, tripling on Wolves defenders right. i like a right. wolves double if it's a defender and patricio but mm-hmm. if you're thinking of for mendy bringing in yet another wolves defender i would point you toward yedlin because his price is right and 
as you said, Newcastle's fixtures are great. So I think that diversification among your budget defenders could yeah. act as a marginal differential depending on the game week. Yeah, it may come down to to Yedlin versus Dean as as my Mendy replacement. Uh unless I just go Laporte. I don't know. I like we'll we'll see we'll see how much like I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm like a little like honestly, I mean it's worth talking about because I think a lot of other managers do this as well, but I'm I'm a little worried about overthinking it again. I feel yeah. like I overthought my transfers last week and I wonder if the like sensible move here is just to just to bring in Laporte. Like just don't screw around, just bring in Laporte. Have the well, top, you know, have have the good player on the top team who's going to play in virtually every match. Well, talk to me a little bit uh, about your long term thinking because the only reason I think for you to not bring in Laporte is the money you're spending on him and what you what else you might do with that money because you're talking about um, moves three game weeks from now and right. You know, while I was just saying earlier in this podcast that what are the moves where one million might make the difference? Probably few and far between. But if you're looking two, three, four moves ahead, I think that money yeah. really does help. So what's well, the thinking? That that is a, that is the thinking. Is I guess it would be to free up money to to move Kennedy to someone like David Silva. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get too in the weight about my own team because. Um, um, you know, people will just start to zone out, I think. Um, you know, it's like, <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah. You ever, you ever try talking to somebody who's done not playing FPL, like how fantasy works, or it's like their <laughs> eyes just start to glaze over. So fast. I love how you're, we're, we're approaching this episode like everyone listening doesn't play FPL. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We don't want to alienate yeah, like, them. <laughs> it's like it's your first time listening. Uh, all right, Brandon, let's take a quick break and we'll get back and we're going to talk about some long term strategic thinking. And we're also going to do a lightning round. Let's take a quick minute for our friends at Starting 11, the newest way to play daily Premier League fantasy. For cash, cash games are live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your iOS. And that's an iPhone, Josh. I don't know if you're Hmm. familiar. But if Uh, you have an iPhone, you have iOS. I read a Reader's Digest article. It sounds wonderful. sounds like a nice device. If you have an Android phone, you can also download the Starting Eleven app to play free games everywhere around the world. Cash games are coming soon. Josh, we love Starting Eleven because it is a clean slate. Every day in which there are at least two Premier League matches happening, you can start with a fresh team. Try yes. out try out some cheeky picks. Luke Shaw, maybe he's looking a little flabby in FPL. He has this <laughs> astounding physique. Uh, Mm -hmm. any given day on starting 11 (laughs) and uh, you have no budget constraints you can adjust your lineup tweak as you like even after the uh, lineups are announced and when the games kick off you can make three live in-game substitutions and affect how your matches are going how they're scoring Uh, we went to the UK Uh, we had a lot of fun uh, betting money on uh things that we did not understand at all like uh you know the odds of a you know duffy getting a you know goal in the first half of match or something like that uh and basically i just blew a bunch of cash uh and i was sort of (laughs) thinking to myself it would be i would much rather just bet on fantasy than i would on you know this kind of type of game that i don't understand that's what starting 11 is it's a way to to channel your hard-earned 
fantasy dollar into uh, into real gambling. So uh, yeah, maybe you won your mini league last year and you're just sitting on some sitting on some cash. Why don't you try out Sweet Start cash. 11? Sit down some sweet yeah. cash. Uh, start, yeah, try it out this weekend. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You and I have played, you know, hundred plus games a piece. Uh, very yeah. entertaining game. And it's it's awesome too because it's beautifully designed. Uh, I love all the different kit designs, and it's it's a little colorful and different than the FPL game. You can go to starting11.io for more information, links to download for your various devices, and there's a cool tutorial video there to show you exactly how you can use the app. So yeah, that's starting11.io. Download the app today. All right, Brandon, we got kind of like a two-part lightning round here. Uh, we've got some long-term strategic questions. We also have just some general, um, like, kind of, I don't even know what you call them. We're just lightning round style questions. The lightning round, we have the lightning round questions that you've come to know and like, and we have the long-term strategic questions, which you don't know yet, but which you may one day grow to love, Brandon. We'll you may see. love them. You may marry these questions one day. They're so good. <laughs> Stephen Toomey says, your team is playing well. You continue to see green arrows in a slow, steady increase from game week two. So specific. With fixtures turning, do you look at writing those teams that have got you where you are, or do you buy into the upcoming fixtures in teams like Tot Mun Ars? I assume it means Tottenham and United Arsenal. I love this question from Stephen. It should be hashtag asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I uh, I think in this situation you sort of uh, dance with the date that brought you. Did I mm-hmm. do I say that right? Yep. Um, there's this is not the point of the season, particularly if you're having a good season that you panic, you do anything rash. Uh, right. And the the big uh, we we talk about this when we talk about the template, like the temp the differentials are only a differential for one or two weeks max because then they become template. Right. So I think if you're doing well, you're consistently seeing green arrows. There's no reason for you to rashly try to anticipate um, big fixture swings for Spurs or United or Arsenal. You'll see them happening and you'll be able to move on them as you need to. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I I think that's right. You you don't lose, you don't lose much when low ownership players perform well. Um, it's really about reacting once they do. And I, I don't think it's, um, especially because you know, players like, like Spurs and Arsenal players, they aren't cheap. You know, it's not like you can just plug, plug one of them in as your, you know, fourth midfielder or something. You have to like, you have to drop a high performing player to bring one of them in, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that, that's really the issue. I mean, it's one thing if you're loading up on, on Wolves players, which is you know perfectly reasonable. I mean, they're they're priced like a promoted team, and yet they've been playing you know far above that this season. So yeah. um, that does make sense to sort of just even if you don't have any defenders to go from having none to doubling up. It wouldn't be a crazy move because you know they've got good fixtures and they have a you know decent track record so far this season. Um, yeah. So, but I but I think for the top players, you have to um, like you said, you know, ride it out until until you can't anymore. I mean, the yeah, odds that, are one of these guys is going to get a hamstring or something anyway, and you're, yeah. you'll, you'll have your chance. To be slightly less abstract about it, more specific, I think Spurs, United, and Arsenal present three different case studies. Spurs, the player to get would uh, would be Harry Kane, and we've already tried that once already this season, and it burned a lot of managers. And what we've yep. seen with Kane is he's not in great FPL form. Man right. United, they have a very informed player with Martial. He's the one player that you would focus on there. It's sort of a get on now or try to do without. And then Arsenal, as we discussed earlier, they 
the fix they would be ones to watch when their fixtures turn in game week 16 we've already seen what their strikers and Lacazette and Aubameyang can do so yeah. they already have assets that are primed and ready to go but I just don't believe that they're right for the picking until game week 16. Byron Brewer says, are there any players outside the current template that you expect to take us by surprise as the game weeks come thick and fast? Who's going to take us by surprise, Brandon? Yeah, I guess uh, what jumps out at me are a couple of midfielders, one of which we touched upon briefly, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and then Felipe Anderson, who is still a midfield differential pick at West Ham. West Ham obviously have a really tough fixture with Man City in 13, and then their fixtures really clear up. But these are two uh, great FPL midfielders and that they are creative attacking players that can provide big chances and also score big chances. I'm, I guess I'm sort of, you know, I like the idea of having an Arsenal player, uh, like starting around game week 16, um, someone like, Maybe Lacazette. Uh, I don't know. It's like I'd have to really rethink my whole approach this year if I was if I had two expensive forwards. I really haven't done that yet this season. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do think that's a possibility. I think that um, Huddersfield, Burnley, Brighton, Southampton, uh, just a great run of four fixtures um, right through the holidays. Yeah, maybe they don't start every single match, but I think that you're going to get – Probably three starts out of four from Lacazette in those matches. Well, and, look at uh, Aubameyang scored basically all right. of his goals coming off the bench yeah. this season. Exactly. And yeah, so I, like I that. guess it, like a yeah, if Aguero got injured, maybe Aguero to Aubameyang would make sense. Yeah, just going back briefly to Stephen Toomey's question, and that Arsenal move does seem like it could be uh, a good aggressive move. Uh, Jeff says we face nine games in five weeks. Is it time to concentrate on a solid fifteen-man squad? Who are more likely to play rather than chase the potentially high scorers who we know will sit out a few games? Classic question. Uh, this is a classic question. I mean, it's an easy response. Field a good squad. Field a good squad and have players on your bench that you can rely on just to play. Um, yeah. You need to focus on big players like big uh, explosive players, the Hazards, the Sterlings, the Salas, the Agueros of the game. Right. Filla. I mean, we, we say the same thing every week. When it comes to your bench, you need you don't want players like Leroy Sané chilling on your bench. You want right. the Phil Billings or just Phil Billing around at 4.5. <laughs> he plays yeah. 90 minutes. He'll ping a few shots off the crossbar, and then he'll check out for the season. But that's why you have this guy to come in off your bench and uh, give you two or two or three points if he can. Yeah, it, you just can't load up on on players from bad teams. I mean, even even if you sort of buy into this, the, the, I'm not saying you to buy into it, but like you know this the, the talisman thing. I mean, ultimately, you know, Goodmanson is the talisman for Burnley, but that guy is going to go a lot of games where he doesn't do anything. You know, and you just don't want to load up on players like that. You'd rather, I mean, yeah, and like like we were talking about before, I mean, a lot of these players can come in off the bench and score tons of points anyway. So it doesn't really matter if they don't start. It's, you know, most of these good players are almost always in the 18, right? And they must always yeah. get some minutes in a match. Next question comes from Mark. I have an awful rank overall 350K. How do I turn things around over Christmas? Mark, your rank's not that bad. You, you don't have to. Uh, I don't know. I feel like my memory of festive fixtures is they're always very rocky. Good things happen and bad mm -hmm. things happen. I'm almost solely focused on the FPL Cup 
when the festive uh-huh. fixtures come around. It's not that yeah. a lot of talk about that happening. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, 350K, your setup, if you can keep that rank moving into game week, you know, the late 20s and early 30s, especially yeah. when the double game weeks kick off and you play your chips right, that's a top 100K overall finish for you, Mark. Yeah. So I would not sweat it. I think it's not about trying to fool other people. It's about being really reactive and really smart about like players as they get into form or team, you know, someone like Christian Erickson is going to be a really interesting player in a couple of weeks, you know, if he can find the form, right? Because he, he's got fairly fresh legs, right? He hasn't just hasn't played a lot of minutes this season, um, you know, because of, because of his injuries. Um, now it could be those injuries just cause him problems all year, um, but I think, you know, given that he has a track record of being pretty healthy, you know, year in and year out, I think once he's back to fully fit, um, he could be, you know, like an option, but that, that's just like, a, you know, I don't want to get too caught up in Erickson here, but like, just, you know, players like that, it's like, you don't need to bring them in before they get good. But once they start to like show flashes of their potential or the player they used to be, then you make the move, you know, it's like, it's just being really fast uh, to get on those players early. Uh, Lego Mani and FPL booster had questions about wild carding Brandon. Is there any, any, like, if you still have a wild card, is there you know a, the right time to play it? It feels like it's so particular to any one person and their team, right? I mean, I'm not sure yeah. there's like a huge edge in waiting for the fixtures to turn for a particular team this this far. Yeah, yeah. I'm. It it is kind of. Um, it's wild to think that there are still wow. It's wild to think there are wild cards still out there. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of awesome because I think that we're going to see, like you were saying earlier, there's going to be a lot of hamstrings that go in the next yep. month. Yep. And yep. I think having a wild card is is very much to your advantage just looking at yeah. injuries. And I think you'll know when that injury, when that team-defining injury happens to your FPL lineup and you just <laughs> trigger it right away, go for it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Bad things are going to happen to you. Just just wait for them to to happen. Uh, all right, Brandon, uh, we got a, a lightning round that we're going to do. But this is a super fast. This is like an actual lightning round, not like our pretend normal lightning rounds. All right. So every question, I want 20 seconds or less. Okay. okay. Are you ready? Put the clock okay. up in the upper right. Yep. Okay. Put the clock up. Exactly. It's like fast money from family. Uh-huh. Uh, first question. Rory Button says, please explain what is happening with Vardy. Uh, yeah, father time, I think, is what's happening to him. <laughs> father time. Dave Wagner-Lodo says, should I bench Arnie with a double Man City defense? I could play success at home to Liverpool or Camarasa away to Everton. You're insane, Dave. Play Arnie. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you Why would Arnie. you play success to uh, one of the strongest defenses in the league in Camarasa? I, I refuse to believe that this guy even plays in the Premier League. So Dave, it's Arnie know, or Dave, nothing. Dave's like a better manager than both of us. So I think he's like just being nice with the, with the question. So thank you, Dave, for being nice. <laughs> Pretending that you're going to listen, like you're going to pay attention to what we say anyway. Uh, Death Star FPL says, under what circumstances would you bring in a Cardiff midfielder? All right. This is a multiple okay. choice question. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Cardiff midfielder. All right. A, yeah. gun to your head. B, loved one kidnapped and you want to release him. Uh, you want to secure the release. C, they personally threatened you if you didn't bring them in. He's asking for a friend. See, he knows how to use the hashtag, Brandon. Yeah, um, I think Death Star A and C are out because I'm not afraid to die. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think that's a very interesting bargain in terms of bringing in uh, Cardiff midfielder. So I'm going to have to go yeah. with B, a loved yep. one. And I would I would fight to secure a loved one from a kidnapping by, by bringing in yeah. Patterson. 
Yeah, maybe Camarasa. Uh, Adam P says, is form in international matches enough to persuade you to bring in a player? Uh, how much stocks we put in international performances? Not a whole lot, right? So, I mean, I think it does, you know, it, it, it does obviously speak to form. I mean, scoring goals ain't easy. But uh, it's a it's a completely different atmosphere. It's completely different teams, different different systems, different levels of discipline. So, uh, like a guy like Leroy Sané is going to be the and Shakiri perfect examples of this, where I see them doing well in the international break, and it and it, it's it's turning the screw a little bit on FPL. But it's no right. until I see them doing something. Uh, F, uh, FPL wise in the league, uh, will I be moved yeah. to move on that? I feel like it's more um, if the if it's a really good player who's been out of form and they do well. And there's like a Romelu Lukaku a couple seasons ago did this where he was like just started the season really slowly and then he banged in like three goals for Belgium in international break uh, and he came back and he was absolutely on fire uh, for Everton for like the next ten. Remember that amazing run for Lukaku a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, it was like uh, Vardy yeah. set the uh, eleven goal. Uh, record and then it looked like Lukaku might even break it in the same yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I feel like, um, God, was that the same season last year in the league? So, um, I feel like that is, um, that's, that's like, like a player who comes out of nowhere to do well in the internationals. That isn't a player like Jordan Ayew scored a brace, for example, the international break, uh, not considered bringing him in. Uh, but Sane, because I know he's class, is a little more tempting. Um, you know, just yeah, the price is a problem. Aaron Boyle says, Man United, are they the next bandwagon to jump on? No. Um, I mean, they, Marci- Martial is really the only talking point here. And okay. uh, I don't think he's a bandwagon. I think he's just a forum FPL player. Either you're in or you're out. See some Lindelof talk, even though it looks like he did pick up a knock over the international break. I am not feeling the United defense at all. I think there's much better value to get elsewhere. So I'm resisting the United talk. Aaron, uh, save Martial. Okay. Uh, Little Jason says, would you ever buy Alonzo then stick him straight on your bench because his first fixture is away against Spurs and you were a big, fat Spurs fan? (sighs) I mean, I guess no. I do want to respect your question a little bit more than that, little Jason. But no, he's Alonzo. No. He's he's flipping amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he scored a brace away to Spurs last season. Yeah, and think about it. Think about it this way: if he does anything against your beloved Spurs, it, your your bad feelings of bad things happening to Spurs will be tempered by the fact that you just scored a boatload of FPL points. So you, you win either way. Jack on Slack says, where is the value? Just that simple. I mean, where's the value? Do you remember when Arby's did uh, five for five fifty five with their roast beef sandwiches? It was sure, fantastic of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, yeah. great value. So, so you, like, uh, you couldn't do that anymore. Right? Can you imagine five sandwiches? <laughs> no, no, it it's like, that's like that's like doing like the die. bread challenge or whatever, right? Like a, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think we talked about it earlier. Ryan Fraser, he's he's the value. He's the yep. one player. Fraser, he's the, the one. Value. Wrap him in foil and put him under a hot lamp. He's a roast beef <laughs> sandwich, just ready to be bought in a pack of five. Jeff Washma says, "I know some managers don't like the idea of luck playing a hand in their scoring, but." Do some managers get lucky with injury, luckier with injuries and suspensions than others, or does it affect all managers equally over the course of the season? Oh, it, it, 
it's a very life is unfair situation. There was a discussion mm-hmm. on our Slack about this, which I really enjoyed. And I think we settled upon um, luck is about a third of it. And making sound decisions is uh, two thirds of an entire season of FPL. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's less that it evens out amongst managers, maybe um, season by season. Like, Jeff, you'll have yeah. a really good season and then your mini league uh, enemy it's, will have a bad yeah. season and so on and so forth. It's just like in poker. If there were no luck, there would be eight people who played. Like the, the world of fantasy would get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. You do, you want luck to be a factor. Um, OK, Shiva Sport says, can Hazard still be trusted? Difficult uh, question. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not out on Hazard just yet, even though I dropped him for Sterling. Uh, I fear him. I do fear him. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be worried as a Hazard owner at this point. Yeah, I, I am worried as an Hazard owner, but I, I guess I don't not trust him. I don't know. I'm sort of on the fence. Do you think Chivas is talking about Thorgan Hazard, though, who scored a brace? Uh, he could be talking about uh, Thorgan. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, final final question here, Brandon. Oshan Ghosh says, with none of the top teams having particular appealing fixers for the next two game weeks, people scrambling to put out injury fires and possibly taking hits. A lot of people are taking hits this week, it looks like, Brandon. Okay. Might this good? Might this be a good week to do nothing at all and just see how it goes? Yeah, I I, I do like that as an approach. I feel like game weeks traditionally coming out of international breaks are very tough to call, and you can see some weird results. So, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't, uh, overthink your moves at this point. If there is a straightforward move that you want to make, do it. But if you feel unsure, yeah, there's, there's no harm in taking a week off and seeing how things shake out. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I, I really don't. It would be time to take a, a four point hit this week. Um, and for my team for sure. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll. And uh, um, I, I just don't. It's kind of tricky actually. There's a lot of teams with fixtures coming up that I like. Yeah. Like like feel like who don't have a game week 13 that I love, but they I really like them from game week 14 on. So um, yeah, it, it's it may, it may be a good week to wait and see. Uh, game week 13, Brandon. Speaking of. Uh, we, uh, let's take a quick look at the fixtures, uh, FPL Classico, um, who had a very popular post on Twitter today too, Brandon, if you saw that, um, it says with, uh, with Man City having a midweek game at Lyon, uh, Liverpool away to PSG and Tottenham hosting Chelsea. I think we have to look elsewhere for captaincy. Uh, personally, he's on Richarlison, uh, okay. with Marshall as a vice captain, yeah. um, since Man United have an easy game week, uh, one at home versus young boys. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, going back to Ishan's lightning round question in terms of do I make a transfer or not, I do uh, agree here with Classico in that the biggest decision for 13 is likely going to be who we captain. So I think it's yep. an interesting thing to ruminate on. Yeah, looking at my bus team right now, Sergio Aguero has the armband. Even though City's away form has not been as scintillating as their home form, it's still West Ham. Their defense mm-hmm. is, is a bit blundering. Suspect, yeah. Yeah, Aguero picture, pictured in training uh, this week already. He's taken the international break off. He's going to be fresh. The way we've seen Pep utilize him this season is if he needs him midweek, he'll just give Sergio 65 minutes. You know, yep. that has proved kind of problematic and that it could limit Aguero's output to a goal instead of five goals. But I still right. like him against West Ham uh, the most this season. 
I have my vice captain actually on a punt, as Classico is suggesting, Raul Jimenez. And this is more mm-hmm. like a vanity vice captaincy, <laughs> assuming yeah. it won't come into play. Yeah, um, yeah, it probably won't. Yeah, so um, uh, that's that's yeah. where I'm thinking. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think uh, Guerrero's where I am too. I think uh, Sala, Wade to Watford is a very valid captaincy choice as well. I think I'm ultimately going to go with with Aguero as well. Um, it does seem like a fun week for it. I think next week will be a fun week for it too when you've got uh, uh, Chelsea at home to Fulham. And, uh, you know, Hazard will be a very interesting and compelling captain choice for that game week. Uh, yeah, but as it is, I mean, you know, you and I just saw West Ham play um, – uh, you know, away to uh, Huddersfield, and uh, they were the defense was not uh, especially impressive. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that um, it seems very, very possible that Man City will score their customary, you know, two or three goals at minimum uh-huh. in that match. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any fixtures that jump out to you? How are we? So I'm a new Martial owner, and I look at this Palace fixture, and um, I like that it's at home. Mm-hmm. Palace's Palace's defense has not been uh, rock solid, even though Sacco and Tompkins have been relatively helpful, uh, healthy, and they can they can say, stay pretty solid at the back. I just don't like that matchup enough. This is going to be the problem with Martial. I can already see. I'm never going to want to captain this guy. I'm never going to be fully confident of his performance. Right. Palace is just that type of team that I feel like could could frustrate United. And maybe I'm just right. doing a little reverse psychology on myself. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I don't know. How do you think? What do you think about that fixture? Uh, yeah, it's you're right. I mean, I, Palace ultimately aren't very good. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is we don't know if Man United is any good either. Um, you know, yeah. so uh-huh. yep. uh, so it's it's a hard one to pick. I, I wouldn't captain Martial, Martial either. The Everton one is kind of an – like – Richarlison as a captain, it's kind of tempting. I mean, you know, the, he might end up playing ninety. You know, I, I don't. Everton are actually playing. I think they're playing at the MK. No, excuse me, not Everton. Um, Brazil are playing tomorrow at the MK Don Stadium. Uh, he may be like. I think he may actually start that match, or there's at least a chance he will. Um, he came off the bench in their first uh, match in the friendly. So, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if he plays ninety minutes in midweek. Does that make me a little less likely? It, it kind of depends on how he plays. Um. I yeah, don't, because he's like a perfect vice captain. Yeah, that yeah, that's right. I do Richarlison, it's going back to the international break form question. He does strike me as I mean, we know him as a streaky player at his at Watford yeah. and even earlier this season at Everton. If he if he bangs in a couple goals there for Brazil coming into this tasty home fixture against Cardiff, it's an interesting, it's a compelling argument. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. But I think I think in the end. Yeah, I think we're both going to go with the more conservative Aguero pick, which I think is the is just the right pick. Yeah, a couple of interesting shootouts here: Spurs, Chelsea. That one's hard to predict, and also Bournemouth, Arsenal. It's going to be a really exciting match. I'm looking forward to yeah. that one. I've got my weird little cheap uh, my my cheap midfielder rotation right now, and I have to decide between uh, Brooks at home to Arsenal or uh, Kennedy away to Burnley. 
Um, I leaning towards Brooks. Brooks is currently my starter. I don't know how I ended up in this predicament. Um, I, but I'm leaning towards because I because I want to I I wanted to start using a four man defense more often, which is this is like the first week to do okay. it. Yeah. Uh, so I, then I like the idea of having three mids, and then I just kind of sort of rotate that third mid. Yeah. Um, in theory, this is like the whole plan. This is all going according to plan. I'm just I'm nervous about the plan now that it's actually happening. <laughs> you uh, have to follow through so, on it. <laughs> yeah. I I don't want to get into the trap. There's a temptation because newcastle play on the monday game to have a player for that yeah. match i know that's yep. like a dumb approach mm-hmm. um but i think i slightly prefer brooks he yeah. is on corners as well um yeah. so maybe he just knocks one in against arsenal's kind of shady defense and you know i pick up they are six shady. points instead of three yeah. yeah so yeah i'd be on brooks too yeah. so I, I would agree with that yeah uh all right brandon that's the podcast um Took us a little while to get going. Uh, it's always, you know, the, the second podcast international break, I think, is is like one of the toughest ones to do because you've got nothing to talk about, right? Just like a bunch <laughs> of friendlies and always tricky. We've also seen each other a fair amount over the last week, so we we, we, we really have nothing to <laughs> say like to no each other banter. at this point. We're like an old married couple on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, tired, exactly. of, tired of looking at each other. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> just, we're about um, to hang out for two more days. Thanks yeah. We talked briefly about our upcoming Patreon pledge drive and exclusive Patreon-only podcast that we're going to start recording in the coming weeks. For more information on how you can support the podcast and check that stuff out, just go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Yeah. We have a starting 11 retro kit contest, which is running in November, too, and that's open to anybody. You get a free retro kit if you score the most points the month of November, um, and uh, that's open to anybody that uh, pledges uh, any time this month. Yeah, guy guy who won our la- our October retro kit contest from starting eleven picked out the two thousand era Liverpool jersey. Uh, pretty sweet looking. You can go to three retro dot com and check out all the shirts they have there. So thanks to our friends at starting eleven for sponsoring that contest. Some thank yous to our producers as always: Mike DePietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafael Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne. Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, and Chris Carter. Thanks to you guys. Yep, thanks, guys. And uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, you can subscribe. We're now on Spotify, which is very uh, exciting. Uh, I have actually even started to listen to the podcast on Spotify myself. It's quite. I'm in Spotify a lot, Brandon. I'm like, okay. I've become. I, I got to You're Spotify a power late. User? I'm a hashtag old, so you know I got to, I got to Spotify late, and so I've mm-hmm. taken to it with like a convert's zeal, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but you can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, PocketCast, so many other places as well. Uh, basically, any place that takes a podcast feed, you can find us. Um, give us a five star review on iTunes or wherever you can review a podcast. That would be great. Um, it helps us to uh, to find people and. Uh, continue to grow you can follow us on twitter we're at hail cheaters that's h-a-i-l cheaters you can follow us on facebook facebook.com slash always cheating uh, you can email us hail cheaters at gmail.com and if you've missed all of this you can visit the website always josh i think the most important thing that our listeners can do is actually to have fun stay safe get lots of sleep drink lots of water stay healthy out there and have yep. a great game week 13 i know you guys yep. can do it good luck to you all Yep, and if you're an American, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, probably be a little bit of radio silence on social media over the next couple of days. Um, so, um, yeah, enjoy enjoy it. 
Uh, and uh, hail to Poku, the original Mayflower. Uh, you know, yeah, came the, the over three on the Mayflower. ships that sailed over. Yeah, the the Nina, the Poku, and the Santa Maria were the the three. So yeah, hail Poku. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.